0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, many people are desperately trying to come up with a rationale to continue wearing a mask now that the CDC has changed its guidance on the issue. We'll talk about that. Also, five headlines, including the NYC Pride Parade bans cops from participating, a teacher is caught on camera berating a student, and 60 Minutes is the latest mainstream media outlet to report on the impending UFO invasion. This is real, folks. We'll talk about that. Plus, our daily cancellation and much and much more today on the Matt Wall Show. Well you've heard us talk about how great the MyPillow pillow is, uh, and it is. If you've never tried a my if you've never experienced the My Pillow, then you've gotta you, you just you don't know what a good night's sleep is without it. But um, there's also the My Slippers. That's the latest thing from MyPillows, uh from MyPillow, and, and look, they've done it again. The slippers took over two years to develop, and they're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long. Uh, in fact, I don't usually believe in wearing slippers like out in public, but I, I was wearing my slippers because I wear them in the house all day and I had to run out to the store. I forgot I had them on. And uh, so I was, I was the guy walking through the store with the slippers on, that did happen. But it's fine because they're, they're made for usage, uh, in, in any context. For a limited time, Pillow is offering 40% off their new MySlippers. Yes, 40%. You don't want to miss out on a deal like this, um, so you got to make sure you take advantage. And me, I have their sheets, I've got their pillows, I've got the slippers. Uh, all of their for all their products comfort is key and that's what you get from my slippers so go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square and use promo code dailywire you'll also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the Giza Dream bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets or call 800-951-7163 and use promo code dailywire visit mypillow.com now or call 800-951-7163 So it's been a hard few days for folks on the anti-science left. As we covered late last week, the CDC announced that vaccinated people can take off their masks. This news was irrelevant to people like myself who took the mask off long ago or never wore it to begin with, except when forced to. Those in our camp were not waiting for permission from the CDC, nor have we ever claimed that the CDC is the ultimate unquestionable authority on all things science. For us, the CDC announcing that we can walk outside and breathe the air without a mask is like the... Food and Drug Administration announcing that we're allowed to eat a sandwich for lunch. Like, thanks, but I wasn't really asking for your opinion, and I don't care. As for science, it is a process. Science is not an agency. It's not a department. It's not a person. It's not a statement. It's a process through which the natural world is investigated, and its workings are better understood. That, that's all that science is, and all that we should see it as. This is why the phrase trust the science is itself unscientific because most of the time when someone says that, when they say trust the science, what they mean is that you should trust the assertion that they are making in the name of science. But trusting the science means precisely that you don't trust the assertion. And instead you look at the process by which they arrived at their conclusion. That's what science is all about. Yet uh, that's, that's one big hint right there. Anytime someone says, oh, trust me, trust me on this. Um, that's, that's a good indication that this is not about science. Yet for many on the left, science is a religion. And by that, I don't mean that they religiously and rigorously follow the scientific process to come to their conclusions. Obviously not. These are the people, after all, who think that men can have babies. So clearly this is not about science. No, for them, science is just the label that they have put on their preconceived religious doctrines. And because it's a religion... Then the supposed scientific authorities, government agencies, public health experts, and so on, become like high priests and prophets. They should be trusted and heeded, not because they follow the process of science, but because we're called to have faith in them as the ordained ministers of the religion of science. That's the way the left has approached science, especially over the last year. But now there's been a breakdown, a a schism, if you will. The priests are waving their holy scepters and and granting millions of people permission to remove their masks, but many of their disciples don't want to remove them. For so long, they said, trust the science, as in trust agencies like the CDC implicitly. And now that's exactly what they refuse to do. So for example, AOC posted on Instagram over the weekend, declaring her intention to continue wearing her mask. She said, quote, by the way, if you want to keep wearing your mask, then do it. Personally, I'm going to keep wearing my mask and shared indoor places like elevators, subway, grocery store, etc. NYC got hit so hard that I think some of us are going to take some time adjusting as we feel comfortable. Also, it's a nice accessory when you don't want to do all your makeup. Well, that part I can relate to, obviously. But some Democrat-controlled states are putting the force of law behind this, or keeping the force of law behind it, rather. As NJ.com reports, Governor Phil Murphy said Friday that New Jersey will keep its requirement that all people must wear masks indoors in public to protect against the coronavirus, at least for now, despite federal health officials releasing updated guidance that says masks are no longer needed for fully vaccinated Americans in most circumstances. We're not there yet, Murphy said a day after the federal uh, Centers for Disease Control released its new recommendations, though he stressed the state could drop its mandate within a matter of weeks if vaccinations continue to increase and the state's outbreak keeps receding. Uh, Massachusetts and Hawaii have also announced that they're going to keep their mask mandates in place for all people vaccinated or not. Uh, There are like 20 other states that still have the mandates in place as of right now. Meanwhile, many prominent people have come out and advocated for continued mask use. Mia Farrow, if she counts as prominent, I don't know, tweeted, quote, hundreds of people are still dying from COVID every day. Multiple new variants are out there. Although vaccinated, I'm still going to wear my mask in places where others may be unvaccinated. An epidemiologist with a large social media following, Dr. Eric Feigel-Ding, echoed this sentiment. He tweeted, keep wearing the mask, in all caps. We card-carrying epidemiologists with formal doctorate in epidemiology know what we're talking about. Vast majority of 700-plus epidemiologists surveyed says we should keep wearing the masks for one year or longer. Yes, just one more year or longer. And as we've seen, plenty of people would be more than happy to indulge. The Guardian interviewed a number of women who plan to continue masking indefinitely. And many of them have reasons that have nothing to do with physical health at all. One woman said that she likes how masking makes her gender ambiguous. And another said that she likes how, it, um, how when she wear the mask, wears the mask, it takes away the male gaze. Apparently, she's under the impression that the male gaze focuses on the nose and the mouth And not other parts of the body. I've also been told that we should keep wearing a mask because even if not COVID, there are still many other germs out there. And and this excuse is interesting, as it would seem to indicate that these forever masker types just discovered the existence of germs this past year. I mean, there were masks available prior to a year ago and also plenty of germs out there. And yet. Nobody ever even considered walking around in a mask all day unless they had some very specific medical reason for doing so. Someone else, Dave Leviton, a reporter for the Daily Beast, he tweeted at me on Sunday to argue that wearing a mask to cover your face is no different in principle from wearing pants. I and mean, I don't object to people wearing pants, so why should I object to people wearing masks? What this really tells me is that Dave sees no difference between his face and his ass. And that may indeed be the case for him specifically, but I don't think that holds true across the board. All told, what's clear is that lots of people are going to cling desperately to their masks for reasons that have nothing to do with the process of science at all. But I've pointed all this out many times before. Lots of people have pointed it out. What I'd like to do now is explain why it bothers me to have healthy people walking around in masks when it is not medically necessary. Yes, I can go out maskless myself, and I have been doing that all along, but why do I care what other people do? Why why do I have an opinion about that? Why should it cause me any uh, distress if we now live in a society where millions of people will, will wear masks everywhere all the time for reasons that have little to do with health and safety? Well, because it is grotesque and unhuman. It is an attack on and rejection of society itself. The people who do this, they're not only treating air like it's poison, not only walking around every day as if they live downwind of Chernobyl, but they're, they're treating other human beings like they are nothing but vessels of disease. And yes, humans can be vessels of disease, but by wearing the mask, again, when it's not medically necessary, I'm not talking about somebody on chemo or something, wearing a mask. By wearing the mask, you are declaring that in your mind, other human beings are toxic. To you, the most foremost, the most salient fact about other humans is that they might make you sick. You are living a life steeped in paranoia and fear and suspicion, literally wearing your neuroses on your face and thereby feeding and promoting paranoia and fear in other people. When you're wearing a mask, the first thing you're saying to everyone you come across and speak to and interact with is that they are potentially diseased. They are a danger to you as you are to them. Does that bother me? Does it bother me if that's what we're saying to everyone we see all the time in perpetuity? Yeah, it does. You know, part of living in a human society is walking down the street Seeing the faces of strangers, being able to look at them and them at you. A big part of human communication is body language, facial expression. These are major facets of human existence and human interchange. These aren't small things. There there are people who wish to take that away permanently, which is to say they want to fundamentally reshape the way that human beings interact with each other and see each other. Am I opposed to that? Yes, I am. Very much so. Your, here, here, I think, is the point. Your medically unnecessary mask is not just a private decision. It's not. Um, it is a public statement. An arrogant, disgraceful, repulsive statement. It's a statement that should be condemned by all people who wish to live in a healthy and properly ordered society. And so that's why I care. And that's why, frankly, maybe we should be thinking about uh, c- considering the, the psychological health risks posed by healthy people wearing medically unnecessary masks. Maybe we should be thinking about, about masking bans. That's what we should be calling for across the country. At least 15 days of a masking ban band, to slow the spread of uh, paranoia and, uh, and, and OCD across the country. that's I think maybe that's it, that's what we need. Now let's get to our five headlines. Maybe you've had the experience that I've had many times in my life where you're, you're sitting in a car, you're in the backseat, maybe it's a taxi or an Uber or something and you start getting that, or you could be in a plane, you start getting that motion sickness and uh, then panic sets in, especially if you're on a plane because there's no, way they can't pull over for you in that situation. Um, Motion sickness, nausea in general, is not fun to deal with, and that's why I'm so grateful that I have Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, but also anxiety, migraine, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free. It's non-drowsy, provides all-natural relief with zero side effects. The technology was originally developed in hospitals, uh, but it's now available to the masses, and you got to take advantage of this. Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that's been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. This year, ensure that nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Matt Walsh listeners. If you go to reliefband.com, use promo code Walsh, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code Walsh for 20% off. All right, so sort of staying on the same subject here, the CDC director Rochelle Walensky is uh, obviously an incompetent liar, which means that she fits right in, of course, in government and the federal government. But, but if she was on uh, ABC, and she had a couple of interesting things to say. I want to play this for you first. She she makes a a stipulation. She's asked about h- how many people have died of COVID after getting the uh, the vaccine, and. She sort of gets around to giving the the number, but she makes a very curious stipulation about those people. And let's see if you pick up on this. Let's listen.
1: Are you aware of any fully vaccinated individual who has died of COVID-19? We do keep a track of this on our website. Um, we are asking hospitals and health and, uh, healthcare facilities to send us um, cases of what we're calling breakthrough infections. They occur. They are rare. We are aware of 223 as of May 10th that are um, among the 115 million people that had been vaccinated by that time. I also want to convey that now many, many hospitals are um, screening people for COVID when they come. So not all of those 223 cases who had COVID actually died of COVID. They may have had mild disease, but died, for example, of a heart attack. So you said 223 uh, cases, but no uh, confirmed deaths of people who are vaccinated from COVID. I'm, I'm sorry. There have been 223 deaths out of 115 million Got people who Thank have you been for vaccinated. An extraordinarily extraordinarily low rate when you consider the death rate of COVID itself.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Okay, so a couple things there. At first, it sounds like she she is trying to say that there have been 223 breakthrough so-called breakthrough cases of of COVID. People getting COVID uh, after getting the vaccine. Uh, but then she says that, no, no, those are the people who died of it. Died of, of COVID. Um, so how many actual breakthrough cases have there been? Assuming that not every person with a breakthrough case died. What's the number of breakthrough, breakthrough cases? She, she actually didn't tell us that, but we can assume it's much, much higher. But she also says that, well, just because someone who's been vaccinated dies... With COVID, it doesn't mean they died of COVID. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, because that sounds, ex- thats not that exactly what lots, what some of us have been saying about the COVID death rate all along? Like up until just now, to say what she just said there would have been condemned and was condemned as anti-science, uh, conspiracy theory, so on and so forth. Many of us, right, have been wondering this all along. We've said, yes, obviously COVID is real. Obviously, it's killing lots of people. But are we, every every single person who dies with COVID, does that count as dying of COVID? Are we conflating these things? There seems to be an indication maybe we have in some cases. How often has it been conflated incorrectly? And here she is admitting it at least when it comes to the vaccinated people because she's saying look anyone who comes to the hospital and dies we're going to run a covid test and uh and, and and there there might be some people who died of a heart attack or something they happen to have covid asymptomatic doesn't mean they died of it it's just it's fascinating that now we hear this from the cdc now they admit that and i don't I don't uh, don't doubt at all what she's saying. To me, it seems there's a very good chance that a large portion of those people who died with COVID after getting vaccinated didn't actually die of COVID. I don't know what the number is. She's not telling us. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a large portion. But then you got to take that logic and extend it out and start asking that same question uh, in general about the COVID death rate. But we're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. You're only allowed to do that when you're doing it um, for the purposes of pushing the vaccine. She was also asked about why the CDC made this change with the masking guidelines so suddenly, and uh, she claimed that the science has evolved in just two weeks. Let's listen to that.
1: It was just Tuesday when you sat before a Senate committee and you were adamant then that masking and social distancing should remain in place. But The Washington Post is reporting you had already approved a decision to change the guidance. When it was finally announced on Thursday, it came as a huge surprise and left some administration officials, doctors, businesses off guard. So why so suddenly and why did you not tell the Senate panel what you had decided? we're at a place in this pandemic cases have been coming down um, more than a third just in the last two weeks we have vaccine now across this country widely available for anyone who wants it and we now have science that has really just evolved even in the last two weeks that demonstrates that these vaccines are safe they are effective they are working in the population just as they did in the clinical trials that they are working against our variants that we have here circulating in the United States and that if you were to develop an infection, even if you got vaccinated, that you can't transmit that infection to other people. Some of that science was really evolving as late as last Thursday. And one of the published, one of the papers, the largest paper was published from the CDC just the day before yesterday. So we were actively reviewing that science during the past week. We were making decisions and moving, moving, and our subject matter experts were working just as I was testifying in front of Congress. And those, that was what was happening. I told the American people, i deliver the science as soon as we had it.
0: Deliver the science. What the hell does that even mean? It's got to deliver the science. Here's the science you, you, uh, you ordered. Special delivery. Uh, she's lying. Uh, she's, this is, this is, she's simply lying. And these people have been lying to us from day one. From day one, they've been lying. They've been looking into cameras and lying their asses off to us. That's what that is. The science evolved in the last two weeks? No, what? What does that mean, first of all, exactly? Did you say a, a, a certain paper was published? Okay. So you're, you're telling me that up until two weeks ago, you you weren't sure whether the vaccine even worked? So you you've been pushing the vaccine for months, And getting millions and tens and tens and tens of millions of people vaccinated, and you weren't even sure if it was working. Well, that's a little concerning if that's true. What about other questions about What about side effects, long-term effects? You know, you say the vaccine is safe. Okay, well, is that science evolving too? You're saying you just realized two weeks with... No, I'm sorry, not even two weeks ago. Within the last two weeks. Um and came to the conclusion last week, a few days ago, that the vaccine actually works, and so, of course, you don't need a mask. Well, again, if that science was, quote, evolving up until a few days ago, then doesn't that raise a lot of very concerning questions about what else you don't know about this substance that you're injecting into millions of people? Now, the, the good news here in a certain way, is that uh, she's lying. and it's, it's, and it's cl- clear that she's lying. We've We have known all along that vaccinated people don't need to wear masks. Uh, just like we've known a lot of other things about masking that they've lied to us about. And this is what they y- y- you could just follow why well, I was going to say follow the trajectory with masking, but it's not really a trajectory because it's like it's up and down and it's schizophrenic all over the place. But what they've told us about masks, originally saying uh, nobody needs to wear it and then everyone needs to wear it and then just back and forth all over the place. Have they been following the science that whole time? No, they've been following something else. Uh, Largely politics. So if they're following the science here, it's political science that they are that they're following. The other, the other thing that, we, that we've been expected to believe over the last year is that um, we, we have known almost nothing about how medical masks work up until this last year. And over the last year, we've been, you know, the scientists and the public health experts have been researching it and figuring it out, and it's been evolving and everything else. Medical masks have been around forever. There's not much that we've actually learned about them in the last year that we didn't know prior to a year ago. And that's an important point because it shows, again, that when the so-called public health experts have been all over the map in their masking guidance, it's not because they're trying to figure out if masks work and what they do exactly and all of this. We've known what a mask is and what function it serves and all that. We've known that. Um, it's more that they've been calibrating their own political needs. That's what all this is about. That's what it's always been about. All right, number two, from the Daily Wire, it says, Heritage of Pride, the organization that hosts New York City's annual LGBT Pride Parade, voted to ban police from participating in the 2021 Pride Parade, even going so far as to cancel the annual march of LGBT New York Police Department officers, and is working to reduce the presence of law enforcement because the NYPD, quote, represents violence. Um, It's not clear whether Heritage of Pride has the authority to force law enforcement to draw down its presence at the parade, given that New York City has seen an increase in crime rate and the Pride Parade is traditionally a large event, but the organization believes it does have the authority to ban officers from participating in the parade. Um, According to ABC, quote, police will will be banned from participating in NYC Pride events, including its signature LGBTQ March, until 2025. NYC Pride is also working to reduce the New York Police department security and first responder presence at its events, uh, according to the organization. And Andre Thomas of Heritage of Pride said, quote, We know many LGBT cops, but what the institution represents sometimes to a person of color or trans person is violence. And that doesn't make you feel safe. So that's the perspective we're coming from. And it's a difficult place to be. But we know that that's what our community expects from us at this time. Uh, you know, the only thing I'll say to that is that... Uh, I, I, first of all, I'm not crazy about cops participating in the pride parade anyway, but really doing you a favor, I guess, if you're banned from participating in the pride parade. Because it's not really the kind of spectacle you you should want to be a part of anyway. You know, traditionally, pride is considered a sin. It's not something that you celebrate it is the, the pride parade explicitly is a is a celebration of vanity it's a hey everyone look at me moment and even leaving aside what you're expressing what you're expressing pride in your sexual orientation how can you even be proud of that what is that an accomplishment but no it's it's not an accomplishment so this is you know there's a certain there there is Yeah, we use the word pride and it could be used in a couple different ways. Um, You know, we could talk about as a father, I'm proud of my kids. That's a good kind of pride. You could be proud of an achievement. You know, Uh, if you accomplish something you've been working really hard towards, that's good, good pride. But the kind of pride at a pride parade is neither of those. You're not expressing pride in another person. You're not expressing pride over an accomplishment of some kind. Uh, No, this is the sinful pride. This is the bad pride. This is the pride. This is vanity is what it is. So if you're banned from participating as a police officer or anyone else, take that as a blessing. Not something you should want to be associated with in the first place. Uh, Number three, here's viral video of a teacher in Wisconsin berating a student who says he's vaccinated because the student's not wearing a mask. Um, and you know, of course, we're really glad to have these people back in the classroom now because our, our children needed these people so badly, uh, and finally, you know, we, we've we've uh, reunited them, and at least in many schools across the country, and that's what leads to stuff like this.
1: I don't care if you're vaccinated, you little Okay. I don't want to get sick and die. Okay. There's okay. other people you can infect just because you're vaccinated. You know what? You're not a special person around here. You should hear about how everybody talks about you. You're I
0: know
1: a how jerk. Talk to me. I don't care how you
0: You're
2: talk a jerk.
0: Me. Okay? And you need to have respect for other people in your life. I do. You're not a big man on campus. Teachers. Real you know, they're 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 just selfless heroes. You got to respect and love teachers so much. I mean, these people have had, they they've had the year off. You just got like a 12-month vacation. And you're already screaming at your students. You're already burnt out. You should hear how everyone talks around you. Nobody likes you. What? This is the teacher saying that. That's the kind of stuff you would expect, but not accept from the teenagers in the classroom. But of course, the real uh, and and I thought the student handled the the uh, berating pretty pretty well. You know, uh, he was the calm rational, insane one, which, which is what you, you, you so often find in these classrooms, that uh, they, the students are, are the more rational ones, unfortunately. But the real irony here, and if you, did, if you couldn't see the video, then you didn't pick up on the real irony, but um, the irony is that the teacher is morbidly obese, pretty clearly from, from the video. Uh, so she's morbidly obese, and she's worried that she's going to die because of that student sitting across the room. She's worried that that's what's going to kill her, the student. Even though I'm going to assume that she's vaccinated, right? I'll I'll make that assumption. And if she's not vaccinated, it's because she didn't want to be. She she could be vaccinated by now. So we'll just assume that she is, um, especially if she's concerned that everyone around her is going to get her sick and make her die. So she's vaccinated and yet she's, Assuming she's vaccinated, the kid is vaccinated. What, what does she think is going to happen? No, as we've been saying here for a while, it's uh, you're morbidly obese. The health concern, especially if you're vaccinated now, the health concern that you, that you need to worry about is not COVID. And even before you were vaccinated, yeah, you did need to be worried about COVID. But the main reason you had to worry about it is because of how COVID affects obese people. And they were the, you know, took the brunt, along with the elderly, of the deaths and the serious side effects and everything. So if you're that concerned, maybe stop screaming at the student and, um, I don't know, lay off the fast food hamburgers for a few months. Lose a few pounds if you're that worried. Just a thought. Uh, All right, 60 minutes. I got to play this. Um, 60 minutes had a report on, I know some of you are sick of me talking about this subject, but you're just going to have to deal with it because this matters. And this is important. 60 minutes had a report on all of the UFO encounters that we've been hearing about, uh, in the lead up to the report that's going to be given to Congress in the next month or so from, um, the defense department about, about all of this. I thought one interview that was especially compelling and the whole thing from 60 Minutes is worth watching. But one interview was especially compelling. It was from two Navy pilots, part of a team of four, who personally, with their own eyes, observed one of these things up close. And uh, here they are talking about it.
2: On November 14th, Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapons system officer in the back seat, were diverted to investigate. They found an area of roiling whitewater the size of a 737 in an otherwise calm blue sea. So as we're looking at this, her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that got out. I said, dude, do you do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac looking object. And it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Sort of spiraling down? Yep. The tic-tac still pointing north-south. It goes, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. So it's, it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his F-18, with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I'll see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like, gone. It had sped off. What are you thinking?
1: So your, your mind tries to make sense of it. I'm going to categorize this as maybe a helicopter or <laughs> maybe a drone. And when it disappeared, I mean, it was just...
2: Did your backseaters see this, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was four of us in the airplanes literally watching this thing for roughly
0: about five minutes. Okay, what else do you want? What else do you want? I mean, that is okay. So you've got four eyewitnesses that see not, it's not like they saw this thing speed across the sky in a blur in two seconds. They, they're observing it up close for five minutes. So you've got four eyewitnesses uh, and we should note expert eyewitnesses. These are Navy pilots and their job is to observe and, and, and detect, um, you know threats in the sky. So, four expert eyewitnesses observing this phenomenon for a sustained period of time, and their uh, what they witness, their testimony is confirmed by radar and by video. And we have some of the video that you, know, you can watch. And sixty Minutes played some of that video too. So, that's that's about as persuasive as evidence could possibly be, you know, for a long time, the complaint about these UFO sightings is that, uh, all of the, you know, it's just like, if this was really happening, we would expect more evidence than just some farmer in Kansas who says that he saw this thing and nobody else saw it and he didn't have a camera or, or he did have a camera, but it was a camera from, you know, somehow a camera from the civil war era or something like that. Um, and that was my complaint about it. But now we're getting the kind of evidence that you would expect if these things were really happening in our skies. So does that prove that it's uh, alien technology? No, but it it pro- it does prove that there's something going on. This is not a figment of anyone's imagination. This is not; these are not weather balloons. Okay, this is not hallucination. It wasn't like all four of those pilots were hallucinating the same thing at the same time. Um, and these are we know that these are some kinds of vehicles that are out there and they're, they, they are doing things that seem impossible that seem even to break the laws of physics as we understand them. I, I, think, I think that much we can say f- with 100% certainty. Everything I just said. Now, as far as where the thing are from and what they're doing and all of that well of course we can't speak with anything close to certainty on that but it is a uh, it it's something and uh, and I and I I continue to I well, I'm not sold on the alien technology part of it but other than that what is it R- Russia China has this kind of technology my my problem with that theory that it's some foreign power that has this sort of technology, um, is that these kinds of sightings, first of all, go back, you know, well, well, really they go back many decades. Um, and it just makes you wonder if, if some foreign adversary has this kind of technology, technology that's centuries beyond our capabilities, then why aren't they doing more than just buzzing around in the sky over the ocean? Why haven't they already invaded and destroyed us, or, or you know, uh, subjugated us? Why, why aren't we a slave state to China if China has this kind of technology? So I don't know. Now, and you could you could use that same argument with uh, with the space alien theory and say, well, what are they doing? Why haven't they invaded by now? So who knows? Um, that's space aliens. Okay. We also have at around the same time. There's been an uptick of Bigfoot sightings as well. And I got to play this for you because this, uh, well, first here's, here's the report from Daily Caller. It says a user on TikTok has blown up after claiming to have evidence of humanoids living in the wild. TikTok user Chronicles of Olivia released several videos, which have generated millions of views in the past few days about these humanoids in the wild that the government allegedly knows about. The biggest piece of evidence she provided was a photo of a footprint at Lena Lake in Washington, um, and it's a lo- she has like this long TikTok series, and I did, because I'm a loser with nothing better to do, I watched the entire thing. I'm not gonna subject you to all of it, but here's a quick uh, clip of her talking about her experience with Bigfoot, or maybe not Bigfoot, but some kind of humanoid half ape creatures living in the woods, let's watch.
3: So the encounter that my mom and I had um, became a case. We were contacted by a reporter. Um, and there are things that the government knows about that I know that the public does not know. They keep this a secret and I understand because they don't wanna scare people. I get it, that's understandable. But there are creatures, there are humanoids that live in these national parks that are not yet classified as a species yet. I walked to the edge of this mud embankment and I was standing there in complete awe because this whole entire area, and you can even see the, the, the indents in the mud, There were hundreds and hundreds of footprints, but like they were the weirdest footprints I'd ever seen. So here's the photo and you're probably wondering, wow, that was pointless. It's literally a human footprint. No one cares. Exactly. Guys, this right here, this ridge right here is called a mid-tarsal break. Ah. Human footprints. Do not have the
0: old mid tarsal break. break,
3: and this footprint contains a mid tarsal break. Mm. So, what mid tarsal break means is that the outer parts of the foot bend at the middle. This is only found in primates. The foot bones of an ape don't lock together in the same way huh. that a human's okay. foot does. I think that's As that's pretty know, much it. We
0: could, we back. just cut it there. I and mean, she goes on into greater detail, but uh, that's basically it. The the mid tarsal, the mid tarsal break. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can't—how else could you explain those footprints with a little line across them? It's, there's no other way to explain it. Obviously, it's Bigfoot. How else could you get a footprint with a line across it? I can think of no other possible explanation. No, see, I, I think when I when I started playing this, maybe some of you were worried that I'd gone way off the reservation and I was about to start endorsing Bigfoot, too, but uh, this is where I—, where I uh, pun intended, this is where I draw the line. Much like I think she drew the line on that footprint. Uh, I draw the line at the Bigfoot stuff. I don't, I, I I would love to believe it, don't get me wrong. That would that'd be great, that would be a lot of fun if there was actually Bigfoot living out in the woods. Uh, so I want to believe it, I'm a, I'm a willing, you know, listener. I'm, I'm an eager and willing listener. Like anytime someone says they have evidence of Bigfoot, I'm sitting here like, okay, convince me. I, I want to be convinced, but no, it never, it never, this this is one same objection that you get with UFOs. Although, as I said, I think that the objection for UFOs doesn't hold anymore because we do have really good evidence. But uh, with, with Bigfoot, you would expect if there are, there's not just one, but a whole race, a whole species of these giant half man, half ape creatures living in the woods in the continental United States, you would expect something by now, some really, really compelling evidence—not a footprint with a line drawn across it—and not like, once again the the grainy photo from with taken by a camera from you know the same camera that was used at the Gettysburg Address, but like clear video. Everyone walks around now with high definition cameras in their pockets, so video, something. Uh, maybe you know, why hasn't anyone ever stumbled across like an encampment? of these things, a burial site, anything. So I can't can't go there with Bigfoot yet as much as I would like to, Um, I'm not there. All right, let's move now to reading the YouTube comments. Pink Butterfly, referring to Bill de Blasio trying to sell vaccines by promising free fast food. uh, Pink Butterfly says, wait a minute, I thought we weren't supposed to use food as a reward. At least that's what almost every child psychologist has been saying for years. Do the child psychologists say that? Because I use food as a reward sometimes with my kids. I'll give you a snack if you do this or that. I don't, you know what? And I don't even care if I. I understand. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. That's doesn't matter. You know what? You know what parenting is. Parenting is you. You just get through every every day. You make the best cho- decisions you can in the moment. I don't care what the child psychologists say. I don't care about the parenting books. Doesn't matter to me. Um, all right. I T jerk says they might as well say that after you get the vaccine, the doctor will give you a free lollipop for being such a good and brave little boy. I would be more motivated by that, frankly, than I would by the, uh, by the fast food coupon. Linda says, I sometimes forget Matt is so young. He speaks with such knowledge and wisdom that he should be around 60. Uh, well, I am, I'm 64 years old. Mac Miller says, I was listening to this. Matt yelled, hit like, like now. And I had to get on YouTube and like it out of sheer terror. Well, that's good. So hit like, hit it right now. Oh, sorry. Might be getting a little overboard. I just hurt my hand a little. That actually did hurt. Uh, Alice Jones says, uh, hold on a second. Where are we? Oh, Matthew says, Matt, on the survey, I had to put wardrobe as the thing I, leak, I like least about the show. You got to do better. It, so these surveys I've been telling people to fill out, they're, they're asking you what you like least about the show? I would never have told you to fill it out if I knew if I knew it was going to be hurtful things like that. They didn't, t- they didn't tell me that here when they said, oh, you got to tell people to fill out the survey. They didn't tell I was soliciting insults against myself. Um, and, uh, let's see, I thought there was more, but I guess that's it. Oh, Geraldine says, I really appreciate the irony of Matt yelling and demanding we hit the like button and moments later introducing Ben Shapiro's book, The Authoritarian Moment. Well, yeah, well, you know, but, but I'm also a theocratic fascist. So what do you expect? You get what you expect from me. Well, if your dream is coming to Nashville on the Daily Wire's dime to meet Candace Owens, then, uh, look, I've already lived your dream and I can tell you how great it is, but more importantly, Candace Owens has lived the dream of meeting me, I think. I think she would agree with that if you asked her. I mean, but don't ask her. Uh, lucky for you, your dream might actually come true. If you sign up as a Daily Wire member with code VIP, you'll get 20% off your new membership and be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip to the Daily Wire studios to see Candace live. Not only will you be meeting Candace, you'll be getting an inside look at her studio, our office, and front row seats to watch her live and in action on her talk show, Candace. So don't wait. Go enter to win a Candace VIP pass now at dailywire.com slash subscribe using promo code VIP for 20% off and for an experience that only Joe Biden could forget. Um, Also, as just mentioned, uh, you know, we're we're moving things along here at the Daily Wire. We're growing very fast, but we want to hear from you. So go to dailywire.com slash Walsh and fill out my audience survey to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Is this about you or is it about me? Okay, we want to hear about you. We don't, we don't need to hear your opinion of me, right? And if you you have opinions, they should be good opinions. Because I, I am going to be seeing all these results. It would cause my, my ego to just crash and, and burn in flames if you don't say nice things. Anyway, um, to sweeten the whole experience, those of you that, uh, that fill out the survey, you get entered to win a $1,000 gift card You can only get the, uh, be eligible for the gift card per survey that you fill out. You can only fill out the survey once per show. So if you want to be eligible more than once, you got to listen to Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, and Andrew Clavin to get access to their surveys as well. Again, my survey link is dailywire.com slash Walsh. We'd love to hear from you, but make sure that you're nice. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today I'm, I'm very excited to cancel a momentously deserving individual named Brittany James, MD. And Brittany James, MD, is certainly the kind of MD who wants you to always acknowledge the MD when addressing her. She describes herself in her bio as an anti-racist feminist, a physician, an activist, and a scholar. It probably tells you all you need to know that she lists anti-racist feminists before physician. She also lists her pronouns as expected. But Brittany James, MD, tweeted this a couple days ago. She said, minding my own business shopping, and a middle-aged white woman asked me if I work there. When I looked at her blankly and answered back in a deadpan voice, no, she giggled it off and said, I was just wondering where to put this shirt back, but I'm a bad person if I go off. Well, no, you're not a bad person if you go off. You're a bad person in general, um, and also you're a bad person if you go off. But she continues, kicking myself for not saying I'm a physician and letting her die of embarrassment, but something tells me she wouldn't even have the decency to be embarrassed. Most of these types don't. Stop asking black people why they are angry. I can't even shop in peace. The worst part about everyday racism of white folks is that we aren't even allowed to be angry about it. As a black woman, it would have co- it, it would have come back on me. I'm tired. Now, after reading this, I very much want to see Dr. James at a retail store so that I can ask her if she works there. And then when she says, I'm a physician, I'll say, sure you are, sweetheart. Now, now tell me, what, where do, what aisle do I get the laundry detergent? And I would like to say that to her just to annoy her, because annoying entitled jerks is a virtuous act, in my opinion. And I do believe in uh, annoying entitled jerks equally and inequitably, by the way. I don't care about your race or your sex. My disdain for entitled jerks knows no demographic boundaries. In fact, in this case, we should stipulate that we're dealing with an entitled elitist jerk, because what she's really saying here is that retail workers are beneath her. She quite clearly feels that she belongs to a social strata far above that of a lowly customer service worker in a name tag. Something tells me that if someone heard her and saw her and assumed that she was a rocket scientist or an architect or something, she wouldn't be nearly as traumatized. So this is more than anything about her own fragile ego and the social caste system that she has concocted in her head and, of course, placed herself at the top of. Now, me... I'm not offended when people confuse me with an employee at a store. You know, I, I don't consider myself to be superior in any way to the guy stocking shelves at Walmart. So if somebody thinks I'm that guy, fine, what do I care? And yes, I have been asked the do you work here question many times in my life. Admittedly, not as much recently. And I think that's partly because when I'm at a store these days, most of the time, I'm shopping off of a list that my wife gave me. And the list is about the length of like the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'm walking around the aisles looking somewhat frantic and bewildered and obsessively going back to my phone as a reference point. Um, the point is, I just don't have the vibe of a guy who works in the facility every day and knows where everything is. But back in my younger days of shopping, just for myself, uh, and and knowing exactly what I wanted and where it was, because everything I wanted was in the frozen food section, I got confused with workers much more often. And that's, that's because when someone makes this mistake, They're responding, if anything, if they're responding to anything, they're responding to your demeanor and often the clothes that you're wearing and maybe some other signifiers that have nothing to do with race. I probably wouldn't ever be mistaken for an employee at Hot Topic or Victoria's Secret because in those places I would stick out like, well, like a bearded guy in his mid-30s at Hot Topic or Victoria's Secret. It's not racial, though. Not everything is racial. In fact, most of the things that people think are racial these days actually aren't. So what we have here is yet another example of a person with a racial framework, a person who sees everything through a racial lens, and who assumes that everybody else does the same. In her mind, anything that could theoretically be racism must be racism. It's not just the first explanation she jumps to, but it's the only explanation. She has categorically ruled out all other potential causes. And she's done this again in spite of the fact that the interaction she describes hasn't has happened to everyone it's totally normal and it's not a big deal by the way if you want to test this out then just imagine a white man in a red shirt at target have you ever gone to target in a red shirt uh, or a blue shirt at best buy standing next to a black man in a white shirt or a gray shirt or something who do you think is going to get stopped by someone who assumes that they're an employee or we could do it this way a white guy in a collared shirt with a tie and khakis And a black guy in pajama pants. Who who gets the angry older woman coming over to him and saying, excuse me, are you the manager? Clearly not the guy in pajamas, no matter his race. In fact, you could argue that getting confused for an employee is a compliment. Because maybe you were the only person in the store who wasn't dressed like a slob who just woke up with a hangover 12 minutes ago. But there's another part of this, aside from the racial obsessions of, of Britney here. The real uh, driver is not even that, but, but more so just garden-variety narcissism. Narcissism. She is someone who assumes, and there are a lot of people like this out there, that every banal annoyance she encounters must be unique, must be targeted, must be sinister, must be all about her somehow. She doesn't want to think that this is, this is the sort of thing that happens to everybody, partly because it would destroy her racial narrative, but even more because it would destroy the narrative that she keeps closer to the heart, the narrative that she is the center of the world and everything that happens to her really matters. Everything is a big deal. If she were to admit that this is an everyday, completely normal, utterly unremarkable event, then she's not only deprived of an opportunity to feel wounded, but also she must admit that her life isn't quite as unique as she assumed and hoped. Here's one thing I'll guarantee. I guarantee that Brittany is the kind of person Um, who honks while stuck in traffic on the highway. Everybody's sitting in the same traffic jam. Everyone is suffering the same inconvenience. Nobody likes it. But there's always that person honking as if she is the main character of the traffic jam and all the other cars are conspiring to prevent her from getting to her Pilates class on time. Everybody else is in her way. She's not in their way. They're in her way. I mean, why is there traffic on the road in the first place? Well, because lots of people are trying to go in the same direction at the same time. That's also why nobody has the right to be angry about it. Everybody is part of the problem. But Brittany can't see it that way. Brittany's also the sort of person who comes home at night and inflicts her self centered miseries on whoever has the misfortune of living with her. She'll go into long, drawn out, epic stories describing every irritation she experienced that day explaining how everyone is out to get her all the time, the world is so unfair, and so on. What she really needs, but probably doesn't have, is some kind-hearted, compassionate person to say to her, hey, Brittany, shut up. You're not special. You're not a victim. The only thing unique about you is that you handle inconvenience much worse than average than the average person. Other than that, your life is exceedingly average, Your experiences are not incredible or even interesting. And so I'm going to leave now and I'll let you continue ranting to the wall because I suspect it'd be all the same to you anyway. Brittany needs to hear that. Lots of people do. But like lots of people, she never has. Until now. So you're welcome, Brittany, And also, of course, you're canceled. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Koromina. Hair makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Corporations drop mask mandates. Israel bombs an Associated Press building. And Liz Cheney hints at a 2024 presidential campaign. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.